Welcome back to the FSC podcast. In this episode, we give you exclusive access to insights from the recent FSC Mental Health and Life Insurance Roundtable webinar, where industry leaders and community voices shared their thoughts on the unfolding impacts of the coronavirus outbreak on the mental health of Australians. This episode is the second of a three-part series and features a number of leading community voices, including Lucy Brogdon, who is the chair of the National Mental Health Commission. Now to the conversation. To begin, Margot Lydon, the CEO of Superfriend, discusses some recent responses by organisations from Australia's mental health community. From a response perspective, um, the Mentally Healthy Workplace Alliance is working up a collective response and providing, wanting to provide practical solutions for workplaces. Uh, we do not need more motherhood statements, and I know Lucy would support me on this one. We don't need to have the generic whitewash motherhood statements. Um, businesses are and people are needing really practical skills and tools on how to navigate this. Um, Superfriend as an organisation is working double time at the moment as many of you are in, as we've pivoted to digitally delivering online. We will be releasing before Easter some web-based uh, resources and tools that have been specifically developed in response to COVID-19. And after Easter, there will be a learning um, on our LMS, which will be publicly available as well, um, a tool available that really supports not only individuals, but people leaders on how they can support their, their people. I know that there'll be many others who are doing similar, um, similar pieces of work to support various cohorts. Beyond Blue has received $10 million for, um, from the government for their support line. They're running online forums um, and have a range of resources and guidance, um, particularly also focused at small business. Michaelia Cash's department um, and the work of Every Mind, another fantastic mental health organisation, is also working on supports called, um, under the uh, fabulous tool called Ahead for Business for Small Business. So I thought we could open up the floor. Lucy, would you mind if I um, ask you to speak to the National? Mental Health Commission, because I think many of us from a mental health perspective are certainly looking to the fantastic leadership of Christine Morgan and yourself and the Commission um, in the work that you're doing with government. Sure, Margot, thanks. Um, and you've covered a lot of it very comprehensively, so thank you on that one. Um, I guess the key thing is uh, Sunday week ago, the Prime Minister and Minister for Health made a big announcement on the mental health package. They see that very much as tranche one in a series, so it's it's um, and very much that one is focused on what they're calling the prevention space. So it's getting the telehealth platform and access up and running. It's providing fund, provided funding to groups like Gaia Dewey to work with our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Um, working with cold communities and, and really trying to get the infrastructure in place um, going forward into the future. 
Those living alone that Margot touched on is also a key area of focus. And again, starting at the our older Australians, money's, um, significant money is being put on the table for the Community Visitor Program to enhance that. Um, working with a number of community agencies to work on assertive outreach and really encouraging all sorts of organisations to be creative in that regard. And it may well be that for the insurance space, it's some active outgoing calls to just check in on the wellbeing of members um, might be something that can be done in this time. Margot touched on the issues around the mentally healthy workplace and it's a real challenge for us because the literature generally around working from home is where people have made that choice um, and it's potentially quite a different space when you've been asked to or we're being essentially forced to work from home over long periods of time um, and the challenges that go with that. So we are looking at working with some of the, the bigger researchers in this space to, to look at some rapid reviews to really see if there's anything new and novel we can share with employers to help them in that regard. Uh, I think the other big issues um, that we're seeing, um, working with the media to try and really be responsible in their reporting and not add to the psychological distress that's going along. Um, I'm not sure if Anna's on this call, but um, Lifeline um, have seen a significant increase in calls, about 50% of their calls now include COVID. They're at over three, um, it's been up to 3,200 calls a day. Hopefully the new line that Beyond Blue has got going today will take some of the, the heat out of that and the volume, but we can't underestimate the distress. There's a lot going on, but we're also looking for a lot of input from expert sectors in terms of what they're seeing and how we might need to um, to tweak and advocate and put programs together. As part of the conversation, participants on the webinar had the opportunity to ask questions. Next, you'll hear from Jane Daughter, Head of Insurance Claims Solutions at KPMG Australia, as well as Sally Lone, CEO of the Financial Services Council, and Dr Anna Brooks, National Manager Lifeline Research Foundation at Lifeline Australia. So. Back to the conversation and those questions. It's just Jane here. Oh, hi. Lucy, hi. I just wondered, have, have we done any research at all around the financial distress and aligned suicide rate, particularly during economic downturn, such as around 2008, 2009 GFC? and whether we need to really focus in that area. I guess as being financial services and doing income replacement products, maybe it's something we really should be focusing on as an industry about how we particularly support men who often feel that the only way to deal with the financial distress is a way out. Yeah, excellent question, Jane. And um, look, the literature does show post-GFC, um, post-Tiger, post-Ireland, um, um, all those, those different crashes, it's a, it's a huge vulnerability, which was a lot of, a big part of the motivation behind JobSeeker, JobKeeper um, interventions. So financial distress is huge um, as a risk factor for us going forward. And I think it um, was a huge part of, of some of these big programs that you know, are just phenomenal in their magnitude around JobKeeper. Um, Etc. supports. 
I suppose, Margot, it's Sally Lone. Just on the call centre issue that you raised, um, I'd be interested to hear anecdotal evidence of how our members are looking after their own staff on call centres. Um, anecdotally, I've had my own issues spending very long wait times on call centres, being very frustrated, understanding that the poor people on the end of the line are very frustrated. One poor guy said to me, look, I'm smashed. He said, I'm working... X hour days, I just can't do any more. It's Friday night, I've got to get... <laughs> we ended up having a, a, an empathetic conversation. So I guess that sort of interests me a bit, a bit too, just what's happening on the front line there. Um, so, Sally, just in response to that, I think we're seeing um, many of the call centre staff, one, have been moved out of their physical location where they've actually been and are being... Um, either spread across different um, different buildings uh, that have been rapidly converted into call centres to allow for this, the physical distancing um, and other measures um, or have um, the ability to work from home. So I think we've got a range of different physical uh, sort of setting responses um, and none of which are perfect. Um, the other um, comment I would make is that uh, people um, are really conscious of their staff and are looking at how um, they, they can be scheduling um, staff to have downtime off different calls, etc. So I think we've got to, as an industry, really look after our, our frontline workers and look to ways of really supporting their own mental health and wellbeing. Um, Superfriend has, um, has a range of services now being di digitally delivered online around um, helping to build capability in um, managing customers where the call um, the caller is experiencing high levels of distress. We've also got a psychological first aid um, digitally available program of work. So there's a range of tools and resources that are now available di uh, digitally delivered um, and allowing for staff to sort of build that capability. But I think there's there's an element of the day-to-dayness as well as giving people the skills and tools. And that I think comes down to um, what we know works really well is when you actually ask the people doing the job, how can we navigate this so it's sustainable so that we don't have um, people who are um, dealing with the increased volume as well as the distress um, with no change in their work uh, workflow or work patternings. And Margot, it's Anna Brooks from Lifeline here. Um, the Australian Institute of Credit Management has been working with its members prior to COVID-19 to um, uh, to actually try and upskill them with respect to dealing with people who are expressing suicidality. So, you know, trying to offer better service to the, the people on the other end of the line as well as protect their own workforce. Uh, so they might be an interesting case study. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Anna. Um, I certainly know that I'm having conversations to say don't just leave it to an EAP. An EAP is not going to cut it. Yes, it's important in this environment, but it's not going to be sufficient to actually really help your people. Um, so I think we've got to we've got to encourage people leaders to skill themselves up to be able to check in with their staff um, and um, and do that on a really frequent and regular basis, um, which is an added you know an added um, you know skill set, an added opportunity, as well um, as some challenges. We hope that you found this episode valuable. 
For more of the conversation, listen to parts one and three of this series via the FSC's Life Insurance Facebook page, which can be found by searching at FSC Life Insurance. That's all one word, at FSC Life Insurance. And don't forget to like and follow the page while you're there. Links to references mentioned in this episode can be found in the related Facebook post. So for now, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. If you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or depression, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. That's 1300 224636. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, you can call Lifeline on 131114. That's 131114.